The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Hi, welcome to Past Yet Present. I'm Marilyn Capp, spiritual medium and author of Love is Greater Than Pain. Those who passed share our need for love, understanding, and resolution. Together, we go from communication to collaboration. Welcome back to Past Yet Present. Last time we talked about making connections on the physical plane, finding your folks, you know, connecting with your peeps, sharing, being able to share some high-frequency stuff that maybe was part of your languaging before, but... Maybe after the transition of somebody you love, well, it's a new it's a new language, it's a new energy, and it, we can be a little shy about that. But we have the need for community, and when we're going through something so traumatic, basically that need is heightened. And yet, when we're going through something like that, it seems that what I'm hearing from out there is, that, of course, there's this urge to pull back, to not communicate with anybody here on the physical plane, and all. Maybe just focus on and hold on to our interaction, our memory of what we had going on with the person who went out of body. That's a very natural thing to do, they're saying, and makes perfect sense. And we want to hold on to that and keep it close in our heart. And yet at the same time, we do have the ability to expand and continue the relationship in real time. And one of the best ways we can do that is, of course, acknowledging them out there. And again, the fake it till you make it, of course, you know, you're not faking it because they're out there. Even if you're not sure, they're there and they're taking it in. So we talked about just turning to other people and acknowledging it so that they could also acknowledge what's going on for them. People are looking for an opening. People are shy about it. It's deep. It's intense. Maybe they were taught not to, not to go there, that they're crazy, all kinds of things, all kinds of reasons. And like I talked about before, just, you know, over 40 years ago, a teacher told me that in 15 years, you'll have people to talk to. Well, there are a lot of people you can talk to now. There are all kinds of support groups out there. One group I'd like to mention is called Helping Parents Heal. They have support for parents, for siblings. Basically, it's a non-denominational group. And with the understanding that everyone agrees that there is ongoing communication. They have mediums, they have all kinds of support. So if you feel you need that, I, I can't tell you enough how wonderful these people are. So if you wanted to connect with them, and I'm sure there are all kinds of other groups going on anywhere where we share, where we expand, it's normalizing, but it's normalizing to our authenticity. It's normalizing back to who we are. We're really very telepathic beings and we feel a whole lot. So that's what we're talking about today. And we have a guest, Mary Beth Bendis, who has been with us before. And oh boy, talk about uh, coming together when the need is there. Well, hi, Mary Beth. <laughs> hi, Marilyn. Good to be here again. Yes, thank you. Um, I have a feeling and we've discussed that like most of us, you were looking for? Community. My husband and I had traumatic experience. We sold the condo, we bought a car, and we drove cross-country. And the whole time, I was 
asking that when we arrived to where we are now, which is California, we would find community. And that prayer was answered beyond my expectations. And I think it was all because I asked and it was given to me. I think that's 100%. You know, from what I hear out there, obviously it's your reality, but from what I hear out there, that's how it works. And they're always there to support us and help us. And of course they help us. Either they're our loved ones out there are networking all the time for us. They're, they don't want to and can't steal our growth. We might need to have organic experiences, so that will that's why we came. But when we ask, they align, and they very literally will do that. In what way, what form of community were you looking for? A deeper community. So we lived in Washington, D.C., where everyone, it seems, is on a mission to accomplish something, which is extremely laudable, but it's exhausting. And we needed to come to where people were more rooted, I think. Both of us had experienced that as children, but not necessarily as adults, because we were on a mission to change the world, of course. And so when we got here, we were introduced to people in different fields who aligned with us intellectually, in terms of community, of, of having achieved things in the world, and then spiritually. And here I sit. Here you sit. Well, <laughs> how, how did we meet? You had to share that one. <laughs> Through the same people who were the catalysts for us meeting many other people. Right. So that was really interesting to look at. So because we knew one couple, both of them gave us different paths to different communities. And so the wife of the couple invited us, invited me actually to a group of intuitive women. So she recognized something in me that I, I acknowledged. And she brought together, I don't know, how many of us were there? 12, 14? I, I don't remember. Because <laughs> I was a little channel-y. <laughs> you were. You were. And so I hadn't met you before. Um, and I talked to other people in the group. And I knew some of the other people in the group. And I had a question about my sister-in-law. So my sister-in-law is able to see out-of-body people, but she doesn't hear them. <laughs> and so to me, that was odd. It's like she can see them but not hear them. So how does she know they're out of body? So as I was leaving, you were sitting and I walked up to you and I said exactly that. Can you tell me how my sister-in-law and Marilyn sat there and looked at me and said, you had a grandmother who was really feisty, didn't you? <laughs> <laughs> See, I don't remember any of this, you know? And I said, yes, but I want to ask about my sister-in-law. <laughs> and so we did. We talked about my sister-in-law. And lo and behold, now my sister-in-law and my niece have come to Maryland because they are so part of this community that can see and hear and feel. And they need the guidance to understand how to integrate it into their own lives. And so Marilyn always tells us, all of us can channel. Yes, we all can channel, but it's not easy to discern how. Right, and that's true of me as well. You know, I'm learning as we go, and it's a very humbling thing. I'm very grateful, but you know, sometimes I'll be picking up and I don't know what's going on. And so... What what happened after that? So we met at this party, and I was channely. So I d I don't remember most of what I channel. Um, I hope I can retain the love and the bigger concepts because that's kind of fun. And I ask if I can, but anything that's personal is somebody else's and not mine to be walking around with. But in my life at that time, I was just I had just come out of the heavier, you know, little over a year long treatment of cancer, and I'm working on a book, and it's like okay. You know, I had got off an offer, a book offer a few years before. It didn't feel right. So I went outside and I looked up and I said, okay, God, I don't know how to do any of this. I mean, I'm doing what I'm doing, but what should I do next? I don't know. 
where, what, how, you know, so out there, can you help with that? Cut to Mary Beth. <laughs> well, because I knew Marilyn could channel at that point, and she was the real deal. I mean, how she told me things about me and my sister-in-law that she could never have known. I had just met her, right? So I said, okay, I'm an editor. I can help you with your book. Will you do trade, right? And you can explain how do you, you do trade. I don't know that you even knew I had a book. Cause you, I did. You did. Okay. Because you wrote and said, I got an email right after I asked God. I thought, I looked up and I said, man, your turnaround time on this is really quick. Um, she said, you know, what do you, what do you want to work in trade? I'm an editor. <laughs> you know, and, and, and someday I'll tell you about the, the agent and the publisher, about everything. You know, when we really look at probably for any of us looking at these things, there's so much divinity involved when we're aligning ourselves with that vibration. Um, it was it was really crazy. <laughs> and so we did. So I gifted. So I had my session or two with Marilyn that was part of the trade. And then I gifted it to other people because it was more than I could use. And other people are, yeah, are had, able to use it. She had a whole it. lot of editing. Huh? That's what she's trying <laughs> to tell you. She had a whole lot of editing to do, okay? Okay, go ahead. Just <laughs> keep, keep, keep talking, Mary, Mary Beth. <laughs> That book hasn't come out yet. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. That was a book that hasn't come out yet. That's really kind of funny. And, you know, Mary Beth is kind of, we're getting towards its time, okay? No, 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 <laughs> yeah, it's, okay. it's okay. No, but it's interesting what you say about California, but coming out here, we found that you were talking about permanence. We came out and found that, you know, like like many of us for various reasons, I was a kid that, you know, I love my parents and they're awesome, but I felt like some, you know, I was dropped from another planet, most likely, you know, that's what happens to a lot of us. So this happens all the time. I'll be channeling and hearing and all of a sudden they just stop and they're laughing and they're talking out there. So I stopped. So I stopped for a minute and I can't remember where it was that we need to pick up from. So they're just going to pick up from here. The connection with Mary Beth it was really beautiful because it was an energetic connection. I didn't really, you know, I mean, I, I love channeling and I love having these connections, but then she reached out and we made that connection. Imagine though, this friendship developing based on the reality that we live. And so I was used to, especially being a kid in school and until, you know, I went, met Ellie Rizal years later in college, that you would only present a certain part of yourself and the reality of who you are is to be in the background. I know we all feel that in certain ways. That's part of the human condition. But to actually, and that's why I really like helping parents heal because there's there are great groups out there, but one that acknowledges the reality so that you don't have to explain it. This is my reality. This is where I live. And it's interesting talking about religious places, going to, like, I'll, I'll go to services of the religion I came into. And it's and it's funny because there's a shared culture, but spirituality, not necessarily, you know, and I mean, all of us are spiritual beings in that way. Absolutely. But there are so many different ways that we connect. So connecting with somebody who I didn't know anything about her, but, you know, we had the channeling thing. So the energetic is there, even if I don't remember content. And then her acknowledgement, okay, let's work together, acknowledging the reality of it. So even though I've been channeling for years and years and years, it's interesting. Oh, back to the California thing. They said that was what I dropped off over there. You talked about the permanence because you came here thinking that and wanting community that would feel permanent. It's interesting. I look around and I feel like everyone's, not everyone, but so many people are transients from other places and it's easier to not worry about, you know, I, I wonder, would I be that open in my own old hometown? There is still a lot of friends, maybe you're listening, I hope so, but there, there are a lot of friends who really don't know what I do or couldn't, but they know, but it's they don't have interest in, in that's fine. And if they don't have need, great. But it's it's interesting. It doesn't necessarily mean that when you're hanging around with people that you share that. Having come to California, Harry and I were just talking about recently that a lot of our friends we met through channeling, not so much maybe through a session, but usually not, more socially, you know, and we get to know their kids and it feels like they're at the table with us and it's really nice. 
sharing that reality is something different. And I wonder, like you, we made that big move. We got in the car and drove across. I wonder how that would have been. I was, I was resistant because I felt like we have all our friends back there. But now that we've really, the first 10 years, the next 10 years, we were more social and we find that the people we're closest to share the reality because of that need and, and maybe that's how we're aligned. And with you, it wasn't so much that there was something tragic. It was your knowingness. It was your, we, you are vibrationally. And I talk too much. So please talk for a while, Mary Beth. And I'm really sorry, but this poor woman has to put up with this just in the friendship because I talk too much. So I'll be quiet. I had studied this before, right? So I'm, I'm a studious person. So I was aware of the levels of vibration. So I was aware of the anger, the fear, the angst, the jealousy, all of those are lower vibration emotions. And I was aware that the gratitude, joy, peace, love are the higher vibrations. And so I was able to operate on that level. And so when you talk about higher vibration, with a higher vibration, we have access to our loved ones who are out of body because they can lower their vibration, the whole physics thing, that resonated with me to such an extent that I was able to relax. And I was able to say, wonderful. I've always understood I have intuition. Now I understand that, thank you, Carrie, awareness of the connection is, is the connection. connection. And it just... I think what happens then, like attracts like, I think that's what happens. If you're living consciously at that higher vibration where you're trying to live your life in love, peace, joy, gratitude, those people who are doing the same are going to gravitate toward you and you toward them. Absolutely. And then it's easier to accept their authenticity because you're living your authenticity. Yeah, I think that's really true and the really beautifully put. I think it's so true. And you know what? There's some kids out there saying that as, as you shift in vibration and expand, you're going to find some people in your orbit who take a step back. They're, you're going to find some people who get a little angry or knee-jerk reaction. And yet it feels to me and, and what I've channeled in that that's okay. Like like we've said before, it's in their back pocket. If they ever want it, it isn't like, yo, you know something you don't know. Everybody is doing their journey and everyone is doing what's right for them. But if the need is there for the expansion, it's really amazing because those who you haven't been sharing that quite with, you start sharing a little bit more because that's where you are. But also, if they're not going on that ride with you, it's totally okay. It's, it's really okay. And you might not expand with them so much in that arena, and you might be drawn to other people more as you're expanding. But it's okay, even if people are bumping heads with you with it. I think part of going up to that higher vibration is having compassion for where we all are. I agree. And you can choose to walk into a situation like that with a higher energy. I have mantras. Yes. <laughs> and because I was, a, Marilyn diagnosed me as empathic, and so I would be petrified of being in crowds. And I, because apparently well, not, I... Not because I said it. You were before, right? right no, okay. but you diagnosed it. Okay, because but I, I was closet. Like, okay, no, 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 no. You diagnosed it. it. <laughs> I'm joking about Go ahead. Sorry. I mean... I I have run out of the White House telling my husband, take me away from here. Take me away from here. I can't stand it. Now I understand why there were just so many people there on the tour for the Christmas decorations that I was feeling bad energy. Now I don't feel that energy anymore because I've learned I can do a protection prayer. The protection prayer that you do is instrumental in keeping my energy at an even keel. And so when I go into a situation where I know there's going to be a few people, I say, I ask that my every 
conversation, interaction, exchange, or encounter be of mutual benefit and to the greatest good of all involved. And bingo, I don't have trouble. <laughs> you know, it's it's interesting because it's so magnificent and so big, and it feels like, at least to me, it should be so obvious, but we weren't taught these skills. We were taught to, I remember, because again, being able to feel things, we had, we had been... Um, you know, being from New England, we were in Newport, and we went into one of those big mansions, and there was one room, and I just had such trouble in that room. It was such overwhelming grief. And Harry, of course, figures out, okay, somebody died in that room. There's a ghost in there. You know, well, yeah, a little girl had been very sick and eventually passed. There was no ghost in there. You could feel the energy of the grief. And when we can separate that, it, become a, it, it becomes a tool that we can use as opposed to a bulldozer. When I was a kid, I was bulldozed everywhere. And yeah, I was an unpopular kid because I was weird as hell, listening to all these things, trying to hold on to conversations here, and then literally feeling in my body other people's stuff. You found that too, huh? Not, I wasn't considered weird, but I did have Good. those feelings. I did, and I couldn't understand them. As a child, you don't understand why you're feeling anxiety when you have nothing to feel anxiety about, and it's somebody else mirroring their energy to you. So yes, it, it, it is something we should try to teach our children. Yes. You know, it's amazing because growing into it, and, and of course we do the, those mantras all the time, and, it, and it, again, it's, it's a filter, not a block. And that's what's really beautiful, but it's so simple. Yes. And I have to remind myself because I forget too. That's the humanness, you know. Yes, exactly. It's but it is it is very, very powerful. And when we do that, again, some people might step back, but the beauty of the heart, even if they're not in that place at that time, it allows us to feel some of that if appropriate. Again, whenever we're never invasive, we're just asking for everything to be of that higher frequency. So even if people aren't in that place and they might roll their eyes and back away, they're still blessed with that, you know, because of the intention. Yes. So I, I find for me, it takes away a lot of the fear because I grew up not knowing what I would be stepping into. And now, you know, I didn't even think about, thank you. I didn't think about that until just now about how I don't take it for granted, but I don't have those issues anymore. And it's all because I ask. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. It is about the asking. I, yeah. I was one one stubborn person and didn't know to ask. But, well, no, you don't think you're worthy. Indeed. Yes. So, and, you know, it's really funny because the, the one could just yell in, well, you think you're less than, especially because my parents, since I went out of body, I've become perfect. And everything was always one day, everything became, and they don't remember that I was a little pain and that I used to steal their whatever and hide it on them. We're talking a little kid, but medium-sized little kid. And so there's there's that impishness and there's that fun. And I forgot what we were even talking about because he's so joyful and bouncing around. Do you remember what we were talking about? Being worthy, considering yourself worthy. So we are, we are, we pick up patterns in our childhood of who we are. And usually the negative ones are the ones that stand out. Exactly. Exactly. So he's saying, and thank you, because channeling, my brain isn't following it. And I'm picking up where they left off, and I'm often looking for that hanging sentence to say, what? And they just switch it up. What were we talking about again, Meredith? <laughs> <laughs> um, it, it's about the alarm. No, I'm serious. <laughs> or the alarm series, being worthy. But but the the worthiness, it's especially when as little kids, and we watch parents going through, you know, the life cycles, and maybe there's a tragedy or there's something going on, and we see the reaction and we pull back because we don't want to make it worse for them. It might scare us. 
that could be why we pull back, but we don't want to ask, we don't want to say. And, you know, there's so many people I love that have relatives who won't talk about it. How do you walk away from somebody's reality or even existence? So that's the worthiness too. We're all worthy of, I think that sums it up, the worthiness. We're worthy of acknowledging the spiritual nature that we have and expansiveness. And I don't like to use the word powerful, but how powerful we are on every level when we set our intention like you did. Yes, and worthy to even ask. Exactly. Right? So if you grew up in a family where you don't want to rock the boat, you're not going to ask for anything because that just adds more stress. So coming through that (laughs) and realizing that there is more, there's expansion, there's a higher vibration, and if you ask, you will be answered, then watch how you get answered. Because sometimes the answer isn't that clear, but it's there all the same. And it, it really just goes to show you it's so humbling because I can channel and everyone thinks, oh, she must have it figured out. If you know me, you know I don't. I am so grateful that you asked because I honestly don't know that I was that evolved in that way to do it. I might be able to channel, but I don't know that I would have been able to ask. And you're asking, not just was it the answer to what I asked God for, and I was like cracking up about that, but it was a teaching thing too. You asked and you got good results. So basically, we're talking about what we're suggesting that we all do. Um, She went and did this not knowing how I would react and thinking, oh, she channels. I don't know what you were thinking, but I was so humbled and grateful and and now we're really good buds and you know so beyond. I'm so grateful because even though I can channel sometimes you don't see you know you you might think somebody has it figured out maybe ask them because they need it too. Yes. You know, it's really sweet. You know, there's a sweetness to it and they're cracking up out there. They're networking all the time and they want to acknowledge that you had the determination you would work through enough of your stuff to get to that place. And that's a really big, you know, therapy, heart, expansion, big thing, and a brain and heart and gut thing. But just relaxing ourselves and acknowledging the souls and others, the empathic part, it's like you put all the pieces together. The the empathy part, because maybe, you know, whether it was out there or you, recognizing somebody else's need that you might, somebody else might not have noticed the need. And it wasn't so much, yes, I asked for God what to do next, and, and editing was the next step. But my heart was screaming for that camaraderie and, yes. and taking responsibility for that in a way I didn't know I was doing. And you came in when I didn't even know what I was asking for. Ellie was Ellie used to say one of the most, he said, he has a few quotes that are, you know, I live by. One of them is don't be a prisoner of your own illusions. Um, I love that. I, I just love that. But one of the things he would say when we would talk, he would say, you know, it isn't the questions. It isn't even coming. Well, no, okay, I'm sorry. See, I malaprop and I get it wrong. It isn't about the answers. This is what he would say. See, I went from memory. Now I'm stopping and tuning in. He would talk about that we spend a lot of time figuring out the answers and we want the answers, but if in our hearts and our being we can formulate the question, that's really everything. That is everything. Because when you formulate the question and we're not holding ourselves back and we're putting the question out there like I did with God, yeah, they, they just said, don't beat myself up too much. I did ask God, okay, the day before I asked God. But it's it's so amazing when you look at our development because I realize now what he a deeper meaning, and maybe other people hearing it got it, and I'm not so so fast, is allowing the question, is allowing the soul's expansion without shame, without worrying about getting it right. We are so trained to get the answers in school and to get good grades and all those things. But it's also the soul connection because by asking questions, and you know I talk way too much, but when you ask a question and hear that's when you're really going to get your answer that resonates. So when I asked God the question, I got a package well beyond my wildest dreams. And 
You can say thank you. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Well, you're mirroring what I said about community. So I asked for community. You are a huge part of my community. You can say thanks. And thank you. (laughs) And I got something beyond what I would have imagined. So asking the question and trusting, trusting that you're going to get an answer But you may not know what that looks like, but that's because you are asking it on that higher level, on that higher vibration. And they can hear it and say, I'm not interfering with your growth. I'm showing you what all the abundance of love can be. Thank you. That's exactly it. It's exactly it. I'm just having memories of when I was in college and still used to being a little... um, not so open about it. Ellie Wiesel, when he was my professor, and it would be a big lecture hall, he'd walk in the room with an entourage of -of out-of-body people with him. And the world opened up, had to acknowledge it at that point. It was, I could see it every time. It's amazing because when we're reacting, like, okay, we're talking about editing, and we're talking about a book, all of that is going on all the time. Our out-of-body people, I was always watching them and reacting to them to what he was saying. And sometimes I couldn't even hear what he was saying, even though I really tried, because I wanted every word, I would hang on it. But when you ask a question, it's exactly what you're saying, and I'm under- I, I'm getting it, again, on a different level. When you say, oh, he's, he's saying thank you, it's exactly that, because when you get, when he says we spend a lot of time running around, sometimes in circles and sometimes in a wide, wide circle, sometimes huge, all outer space and back to gather the information for our answer. But when we formulate the question and we just put out the question, it's exactly as you said, we invite the all and we invite basically what he's saying, our soul's wisdom, everyone's soul's wisdom and divine. And it comes right back to what Einstein said about living as if Everything is a miracle or nothing is a miracle. When you think about the interaction, if you look at the psychic x-ray of what's going on with the interacting, out of body, in body, intention, love, it's going on all the time. And we have a small window of what we see, but we can feel it. We can feel it. And I was sitting here next to Mary Beth, we're doing this in person, and I'm just feeling the waves of love and energy and gratitude, such gratitude. Because you're right, when we're looking for those answers, there's it's kind of in a box. Oh, I, we need the answer to that. I always hated, I, I was apparently good at it, but not, because I hated math, because everything was finite. If there's a finite answer and you know it, don't bother me. Then I learned later that science and math are not finite, and I got more interested. If you know the answer, why are you bugging me, you know? Let's have something that's more. So when you asked that question for community, you know, a friend, somebody I channeled for a very long time ago said, when I pray, I try to go beyond the specifics because God knows better than what I do. And I've always done that around the kids. Like, oh, I want them to go here or get into that class. You know, please let it be in their best interest because I don't know. But when we put it out there for the highest and allow and we put it out to the all, and isn't that recognizing the divinity in everybody when you put that out? Yes, It's fun. I think we get to a place where instead of looking for the specific answer, we're looking for the broader wave, the heart, whether it's a short encounter, a long encounter, a lifelong friendship, or somebody you meet at a store for five minutes and something happens. I know that soul-wise, we have people, soul-wise, who connect with us to just let us know we're in the right place at the right time. You know, I used to go to hear different people who would talk about spiritual things. This is in Massachusetts. It's at least 30 years ago. Guy walks in. He was very interesting. And I'm sure he's done this with many other people. But at one point, he just came over to me and said, you know, you know all this stuff, and you forgot a lot of it, but just, it's okay. And I'm doing this. He kind of just acknowledged what was going on, and he said, we're signposts. We're just right here, right now. We're not going to work together, probably. But And he just said, there are souls here to remind each other of who we are. I see you. And I could see him. And that happens sometimes when in an encounter where you don't even 
go any further. But sometimes you walk by someone and there's an authentic something, something, and they're different on their way because they felt the vibration of your energy. So I think the point they're trying to make out there is, is when we apply our consciousness to it, oh boy, can we have fun and manifest what we want. But when our intention is aligned in general, we're doing this all over the place and it's sweet and fun. And that's when we enter into what feels like a state of grace. What do you think? <laughs> now, here's the thing. Thinking is where we get ourselves in trouble. They had me say that on purpose because then we go right back to our, our smart little brains that are so smart. But sometimes the encounter is so beyond what the answers are. And that's why left to our own devices, we can get the answers, but allowing, allowing us to pick it up on all the levels that we're capable of because we came in with that. Yes, and to bring it down to earth. Yes. I think because I feel protected, I know that I'm living in a state of grace, I guess, is what is what you're saying. I allow strangers to say things to me. Before, I would be afraid of what they were going to say, afraid of how they were going to approach me. Now I don't have that fear anymore. And I told my husband, Hector, who is the producer of this podcast, that sitting here listening as well. <laughs> I, I went to a supermarket yesterday and a woman came out and she was all colorful. Her hair was colorful, her glasses, her attire, and she was pushing the cart and she looked straight at me and she said, it is great in there. There was no one in the aisles. I had such a good time. And I said, thank you. I didn't know why she told me this, but apparently it kind of resonates with what we're talking about. It absolutely <laughs> does. And you know, it's so funny because sometimes we're all used to that knee-jerk reactive thing we do. We get upset. I mean, if somebody hurts a dog, what are they going to go, you know, grab the dog and save the... It's really beautiful to acknowledge those little bursts of truth, energy, acknowledgement, and vibe. Yes. Isn't that's the sweetness? That's the state of grace. And it could be huge and it could be that, but that's still huge. Yeah. So I didn't understand why she did that, but now maybe there there was a reason. So we could talk about it today. And I'm grateful to her. Was it a pleasant experience? And oh. did you buy ice cream? Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> I bought chocolate. Okay. <laughs> Even better. Okay. You know, it's so funny. Doing this, it's a, I'm learning a whole new thing doing this when, when other people are joining us or whether it's just me talking. There's a crowd here and they're throwing in their two cents and sometimes a whole lot more. And, you know, they're acknowledging and they're having fun with the spontaneity and they're teaching us. I'm, I'm realizing as I'm doing the podcast, going with their spontaneity. Now, of course, one-on-one -on -one with channeling, you're listening to someone else. When you're editing, my connection is here, you're an editor and you're also a translator, but when you're doing it, it might be somebody else's words, it might be somebody else's, but something happens in you where energetically, don't you feel like there's something else going on rather than just the languaging? Yes, when we call it the zone. Athletes have it, writers have it, translators have it. You're not operating from specifically your brain. Your brain is helping. It's a tool because you've learned over the years and your experience and your schooling and all that kind of thing. But you can relax into that and work at your highest level, I think, where you're understanding what the person was saying. You're, in my case, I try not to alter the person's voice. I don't want my voice, my style of writing, my background to be obscuring what the author is trying to say in one language or the other. Well, it's interesting because you have to keep your wits about you because you're using your brain, but then you're going beyond it to the feels and to the integrity of it. And that's something very natural. I find that to be very natural with you to resonate with and respond to the truth of what's going on. So that makes perfect sense. So it's an invitation for everyone to know how 
to do it, we have it inside us. And it's interesting because it, it might not, it's interesting, I'm, I'm wondering, they say, yes, this is really weird, it's fun to channel. I just picked up on something, I thought, does this fit here? And I hear a whole bunch of voices go, yes, it does. So, and I've talked about this before, when people are going out of body and they might have illness, and if they're conscious, if they're going through a conscious transition, people are with them. There, there's a lot going on, and, and I've been in this situation and also channeled many, many times how, how the human brain could be shutting down, and yet the, the spiritual memory, the spiritual will still work to come through. My father had pretty extreme dementia. We had seen, it was heartbreaking seeing what had happened to the brain, seeing the films. And one time, shortly before he passed, he, he was asleep, and I came in and he woke up and he, he knew who I was, which he didn't for years, and he made perfect sense and he talked about an experience he had out of body while he was sleeping, but in perfect communication in a way that he had been unable to for years. Same thing happened with my mother, who also, yes, both of them had dementia. Yes, the kids are scared, but that's another story. But the thing is that so often the, when the physical brain for different reasons might shut down or people will, uh, how many people report that they'll have a near-death experience during surgery, they're on the ceiling looking down, can report what happened, but their brain was in their body. So uh, what I've learned, and it's, boy, is this healthy, helpful and healthy if you know anybody going through it, knowing that the soul retains everything. It's still hard, but you know that nothing is lost. It's all in there. I don't remember what triggered that thought, but acknowledging, Mary Beth, you said something about acknowledging the wholeness of the soul, whether or not the mind is in that place. Right, being in the zone when you're working. Thank you. Coming right back to that. But there's that being in the zone, I think that there's an expansion where we can be in that zone in the day-to-day, and that's what that state of grace is. And it doesn't mean we're not reactive. It doesn't mean we're not very human, and it's okay to be human. We have fight or flight. We have adrenal glands. But there's something, a sympatico, syncopation, and again, Malaprost, my favorite word, but you know what I'm looking for here. Synchronicity. Thank you. There it is. You see how we're doing it right now. Um, And here's the thing. It's fun. We do it when we're in grief and we need the connection and we need, we need, we need. But you sit down and start playing with your friends. And you know what? It's fun. It's tag team. It's, It's relay race. I got, you know, tag you. Oh, I just, oh. It's allowing, and it's the comfort level, and what I find is that it's the joy. I have a lot of things to be worried about in this life, and we all have challenges. If I start, if I sit down and I just tap in like, okay, mom, you know, and I can feel the hug, and I just look up higher, it's, I'll start laughing. And it isn't because things are ha-ha funny, but it's joyful. And that just that joy takes over, that is beyond the circumstances. There's a knowingness beyond our circumstances that it's all okay. And again, anyone who had near-death experience, they're laughing because they just said they wanted to play with us. A near-death experience is feeling the hug but not hearing what we say. So they want they want us to come up with a new thing, and a, a near-death experience, because it isn't really deaf, because you do feel them. And they're making jokes, talking about all the different ways we can feel them because our brain likes to pick it apart and discern. But when we get together and play with our friends and have a sense of community, the waves are happening, the fun is happening, even the grief, and you could be crying and that's happening. But the interaction, literally, the waves of the energy, it builds on itself. So even if you're malapropping like me or not getting it like me sometimes, or all of us, you end up cracking up. And the cracking up literally raises your vibration so they can get in there. You think they're not working us? We were with a family yesterday who we dearly love, and they're little kids. And we're just watching the little kids as they learn how to work the grown-ups. And they know how. They're so smart. They know how to work it. And so they're working with and how what they've been taught. So if we throw in the knowingness and what we were taught when we came in and decide we're going to go back to that knowingness, even if we forgot it for a while, it's our birthright, it's our soul right. 
Have fun with it. I think the main point of today is having joy, asking for help, thank you, but the joy of it, because we're having fun with it, and it's it's really fun in the friendship, too, when your friends acknowledge the part of you that's so real and so important, and it doesn't mean I don't crack up and have a lot of fun with other friends. It isn't like I'm talking about channeling all the time, and again, so many of my friends, it isn't even part of the makeup, and that's fine. But there's something about being able to mirror to each other that soothes ourselves. And it's brave until we realize it isn't just brave, it's impossible not to do it because our gut and our heart won't allow it anymore and we can't hide anymore. And I think that can be scary. There are a lot of people out there who are saying this is for their folks. It's really scary. And some people will pull back. And especially some of the religious folks, they might pull back and tell you you're not okay. Yeah, they want me to acknowledge there's a little crew out here. There's a lot of people who they had to literally talk their their mom, they want to say off the roof, because they were told that not only will they not see their kid again, but their kid will not be okay because of how they went out. Love and compassion is always there. The souls are always healing. If somebody doesn't have availability, it's because they're healing, not because of punishment. Do people have to acknowledge and look at what they did or whatever it is? Yeah, there's a lot of mayhem, and it's acknowledged. But the thing is that it's really about joy, and when we connect on that level, we become, and this is channeled in, the magnet. That's the magnetism that is the law of attraction. So you can picture over and over what kind of car you have, and maybe you'll manifest it, and that happens, and it's really kind of fun. But when we're really talking about the law of attraction and what that means, it's a vibration, it's physics. And like you said, those are the people who will be gravitating towards us. And you know what's really funny too? They can be in the same vibrational space and maybe personality-wise, we don't have things in common. And that's okay too. But there's something really beautiful about acknowledging. I don't think we were podcasting when we were talking about namaste. How did it come up before? The, we were talking about how the divinity in me sees the divinity in you, but we're joking about it. I'm not sure. I, I've done it. I do it every time I hear a meditation from our, our friend Janet Whitney. Yes. And so I will finish the meditation with the namaste sign. Maybe yeah. that's how it came up. But we created that community. And I think we need to emphasize that at that vibration, you are attracting people of a like vibration, and that is the community. Even in your communities of faith that may not agree with being able to connect to people who are out of body, there is a community that can help you heal. But you have to maintain your purity, your state of grace. And they can work through you with them. And that is magnificent and pure. And they said, but this, what they're looking at is, in addition to that, because that, there it is. So we can say namaste, but we can also say, if somebody isn't acknowledging it in themselves, and they're fearful or they've been taught or there's a responsibility in them to pull them back from what their gut and their heart need to honor the truth of their soul in them and honor all humanity. And I really think that's probably in the term anyway and what the whole thing means for everyone. But it, it doesn't it doesn't mean that, oh, it's just we're gravitating towards these uber spiritual people and, you know, no, it's all of us, wherever we are, whatever we're doing, and it's honoring that part of us, not just when we're acknowledging it in ourselves and in other people, but most especially when when we're not really acknowledging that in our consciousness for ourselves and for other people. They're so funny because a bunch of kids just yelled, it's like getting naked. Um, yeah, it is to a certain extent. It's trusting the universe with your authenticity and what divinity has given you. And if people can't understand it, it's trusting that their soul 
that at, at whatever point they want to. And if they don't want to, that's trusting them with that. But allowing it because we're acknowledging how we all are one. And so if you are allowing that to happen, it is a boomerang back to your own heart, regardless of how much they can, in that point in time, acknowledge. That makes sense? Yes, because you're not compromising your own authenticity. And you're holding the space for them. Exactly. Thank you. I was just, that was what was coming in. Don't you love when we channel together? Isn't it fun? And that's what it is. But it's also, you know, it's really fun because that came from you and your knowing. But it also, so I, I want to make a point of saying it wasn't just channels. You're picking up on what they're saying, but it's your life experience and it's from your gut and it's from you. And we've all been in the zone. We've all been in the zone. You know, you, you might not be in quotes artistic, but we are artistic beings. We're creative beings. And sometimes when you just hug somebody, that's the zone. And your moment of longing, looking up, that's the zone too. You know the zone. And you know what occupies the zone along with, you know, the constant, the constant in the zone is the love, the energy of love and the drive of that love and the determination of that love. And it is, it just is. So when we ride that wave, we're riding the wave with the all and we expand and it is a divine invitation, isn't it? Yes. All you need is love. I, I would break into song, but I won't I won't I won't do that. But yes, it is really true. It is really true. I love you, Marilyn. <laughs> Back at you, Marilyn. So thank you for joining us. And you know what? Sometimes it's just fun to have fun, but in the fun is the expansion and the learning and the grace and the fun and the sweetness. And isn't that why we're here? And when we're missing and longing, it's because we're missing so much of that with those people who are out of body, who are still doing those things, who they still love us. Let your heart resonate with that, with the knowing of that, with the grace of that, and let your life be an invitation for yourself, for those you love out there, and for all of creation. Thank you, Mary Beth. Thank you, Marilyn. Till next time. Thank you for sharing this energy in space. Together, we collaborate, raising the vibration for all. I'm Marilyn Cap, author of Love is Greater Than Pain, and you can find me at marilyncapp.com. Remember, the healing continues with those who are past yet present. Hi, I'm Liz Winter, and I have been a medium and a spiritual development teacher for over 30 years. On my podcast, All Aboard the Medium Ship, I want to share the message with you that there is a wealth of love and comfort available to you from the spirit world. On my podcast, you can experience this comfort and peace for yourself through gentle guided meditations and helpful messages. Make sure you subscribe and follow so you never miss an episode. Part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network.